This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Hello, friends, and welcome to EIG Community Connection. You're tuning in to a unique and rare radio show. I'm your host, Jill Economo, and I invite you to sit back, get comfortable, and unwrap this gift. I'm so excited because this show is really something different. It's a chance to highlight people, organizations, and issues in our community that may not make major headlines, but after our conversations, you'll be talking about them later. Our goal is for you to feel connected and to help you make a decision about how to use your own special gifts. You know, there was a study actually done a few years ago that revealed that the average person possesses five to 700 different skills and abilities. Isn't that amazing? And you thought you only had one or two. We want to expose opportunities where those skills and abilities can be used. On our show today, we'll be talking about joyful generosity. We'll help you determine, first of all, what is your purpose and passion? And secondly, how can you fulfill your desire to give so that your passion can soar? And then later, if you're part of the sandwich generation, caught in the middle of taking care of your kids and your parents, there's an organization that can help, and you may just want to help them too. So, are you ready to jump in and make a difference in 2018? I'm going to picture all you listeners out there playing your favorite pump-up song, something like Journey's Don't Stop Believin' or Mandisa's Overcomer. Are you ready to kick off 2018 with a bang? Okay, let's get started. Again, I'm Jill Economo, and I'm the Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group, or EIG, as we affectionately call them. For all you word association people out there, a way to remember my name is that it rhymes with Geronimo. Jill Economo. I'm also a wife. I've been married for 27 years. I'm a mom. I have three wonderful adult children that I'm very proud of, and my passion is to chat with people. I could be having a conversation with you about a good book, a good movie, an inspiring scripture verse. I'm also an avid world traveler, so we could talk about great travel destinations. I'm a big sports fan, so we could have an awesome conversation about a football game. Although there's not much to say lately about our football team, is there? Just saying. Unless, of course, you're a Badger fan, which I am. And my youngest daughter, Nikki, goes to Madison, so all the more reason to go Badgers. So I can be at a party with some friends I just saw and engaging in chatter all night long. And when we get home, my husband will say, you just saw them. What on earth do you gals talk about? Or we'll be having a conversation about something I'm passionate about, and he'll say, Jill... Net it out. Cut to the chase. He's the kind of guy that wants the bottom line. Well, thankfully, he's not sponsoring this show. Because we want to talk details, right? We want to take the time to shine a light on people and organizations making a difference. As I said, I have a passion for sharing information with people, the good, the bad, and the ugly. But I prefer to focus on the good. We all know that there's the bad and the ugly in this world, but I'm going to focus on the good. It's definitely there. You just have to look for it. Now, being that this is the beginning of the year, many of you probably have some resolutions. Mine may be similar to yours. Eat more healthy or get into a more consistent workout schedule, right? Anyone? I think everyone has at least one of those on their list. But what if your New Year's resolution was to think about the other people around you? 
What if we turned our focus outward instead of inward? What if our resolution was to become involved with something bigger than ourselves, to shine a light on something or someone who wants to do some good in the world? We actually have something we do in our office that's really cool called illuminations. We all have lanterns at our desk with a little light, and when someone does something over and above or out of the ordinary, we recognize them, and they get to turn on their light. So, for example, if Pam stayed late to make cookies for a client coming in, the advisor may choose to illuminate her. Or maybe Diane clears the snow off of Sandy's car so she doesn't have to. Sandy might illuminate Diane. And then Wendy Bitter, our director of marketing, will send Pam or Diane an email and say, shine your light. You have been illuminated. Well, that's exactly what we want to do in our community. I was asked to lead our EIG Bible study back, uh, I believe it was the fall of 2012, because of my passion for women's ministry. We just finished our 10th study. The last study we did was called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren, an oldie but a goodie. We learned about purpose and passion and generosity, all great human attributes. When I chose this particular study, I thought of a friend of mine I know who speaks on these topics. She has a class on joyful generosity that aligned itself really well with what we were learning in our study, so I invited her to the group to share some insights. I also invited her here today so we can all learn how we can be inspired to reach out in our community. Her name is Linda Maris president of the National Christian Foundation, and she is my first guest today. Welcome, Linda. Thank you, Jill, and I'm really excited to be here. I'd just like to say congratulations on having your own radio show. This Thank you. It's pretty exciting, and you know, it takes a lot of courage to get behind a mic and, and to talk with the community for an hour. Um, so thank you for taking that leap. Absolutely. You're certainly welcome. And I'm such so happy to be here today and to start this radio show. Um, you uh, are officially illuminated. We talked about the illumination process that we have in our office where we highlight people and what they're doing. So I'm officially illuminating you now. Uh, I'm always interested in why people get involved with a particular organization. So can you tell us what drew you to the National Christian Foundation? Certainly. I um, love the opportunity. And first, um, let me tell you, I just really love this idea of illumination. I think it's just a terrific um, tool to use both in your office and in the community. And to have this um, radio as a platform to highlight what's going on in Milwaukee is, is really very exciting. Um, so, you know, in Milwaukee, despite some of the negative statistics, there um, are certainly shining lights that we see in the city. There are many positive changes and initiatives and programs that make Milwaukee a great city. So, you know, what drew me to NCF, um, we call it NCF, the National Christian Foundation. Um, I like to say that I didn't find NCF, it found me. Mm. It was certainly something I didn't have planned for my life, but I definitely believe I was called um, to the foundation after practicing law. It's been, you know, a slow, steady process um, that I had gone through where um, my heart was pulling me more and more into ministry and into nonprofit work. And so, you know, when this opportunity came about, then I think I had been prepared um, to make that commitment and to exit the practice of law and to get more into the nonprofit space. So, Jill, an example of the illumination idea um, that we do at the National Christian Foundation has to do with our symposium that we typically have every year at the end of January. 
And when I started at the foundation, there were so many negative statistics and perceptions on Milwaukee that we started to have a conversation around poverty, mainly to illuminate some of the great work that was happening in the city. And so we have our next symposium coming up on January 30th. It's called the State of Milwaukee Symposium on Poverty. And this year, particularly, we're highlighting about six different organizations and businesses that are taking innovative approaches to poverty in Milwaukee um, that we're really happy to share and to shine their light. Nice. Very nice. Well, let's return to the topic of New Year's resolutions. Um, Excellent point. You know, I think most people try to have a New Year's resolution, and the top three were Um, is usually the focus is on health, happiness, and finance. And if you think about those, it's self-help. How can I improve myself? How can I change? And just a lot of burden to be carrying around on trying to do that yourself. But when we look at particularly the happiness issue, statistics show that only one in three Americans claim that they're very happy, which I find to be pretty sad. That is sad, yeah. Um, but there is there is a remedy to that that we can talk about. Okay, so we're going to take a short break, and when we get back, we will talk about what it is uh, that what is the remedy for happiness. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to EIG Community Connection with your host Jill Economo on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm reaching out to Linda Maris, who is sitting across the table from me. Before the break, we talked about a remedy for happiness. So, Linda, can you expand on on that topic and help us to understand what that remedy is exactly? Well, we talked about how most people, I think, feel that happiness is something that they have to do in their lives or change. It's like this big burden or baggage that they're carrying around. You know, how can I be better? Um, how can I change my weaknesses? How can I feel better? And um, tying that all to what can I do to be more happy? But actually, the remedy is not so much focusing on yourself, and it's not a checklist of self-improvement tips. It's really quite the opposite. And instead of focusing on self, you can be much more happier if you focus less on self and more of on others. Mm -hmm. So next time you think about, um, you know, the best way to make yourself feel better by buying yourself something or doing something, consider consider that the opposite might be true and maybe you should do something for somebody else. So there's some research around this that I thought um, I would just, you know, touch on very briefly. And um, I'm not a psychologist or a scientist, but there is a lot of scientific research around the the study of happiness. And one of them is when you are generous or you give to others, there's hormones that are released in the brain that actually make you feel happy. Um, And then when they monitor brain activity, they can do that through an MRI, which I found interesting. There's a, a neural link between generosity and happiness, and it increases brain activity. So that's why sometimes when you do something for others, you get excited or it makes you feel really good. You get like an endorphin release or something, right? Exactly. Um, And then, you know, as we age, studies show that older people who are generous tend to have better health Mm -hmm. and it can even lower, you know, blood pressure and get people off of medication. And 
um, generosity and giving to others or focusing others takes the focus off of self onto others and it can reduce stress. Yeah, I think we've talked about that a little bit too about uh, the the health benefits of generosity and and giving. Um, it it reminds me about uh, a staff meeting that we had years ago, uh, where the topic of conversation was extraordinary. How can we be extraordinary? What does it mean for each of us to be extraordinary? And at the end of the uh, staff meeting, we passed out uh, smooth stones and we each had a marker and we were told to think of one word that would help us uh, think about how we wanted to live our lives, how we wanted to contribute to being happy or how we wanted to um, how we wanted to be extraordinary. And different people had different things. Somebody had purpose. Someone else had intentional. I saw the word gratitude. It was all very interesting and a great practice or a, a great exercise to go through. So, Joe, what was what was the word that you chose? Good question. Mine was eternal. Why? Um, I guess I, I want to live my life with an eternal significance. I want to make sure that the things that I do have eternal value. So I have my little stone on my desk along with all these other things that I post on my wall. And you walk around our office and you see uh, other people that have their, their little stone or their rock on their desk with their one words, kind of like a resolution, where instead of having uh, a mouthful or a, a number of different resolutions, we have one word that kind of keeps us on task. I really think that's an excellent exercise because um, it can keep you focused. And when you're doing something that's not consistent with your word, then um, it kind of brings you back to what your life is about and what's important to you. Um, I, I think sometimes people have a list of 10 things that are their most important things in life. And it's too, it's too much to focus on. Um, you know, we do exercises in our workshop where we try to focus on life purpose as a two-word purpose statement. And um, it really changes and transforms individuals because you can then identify that when you are on purpose, it's easy and fulfilling and meaningful. But if you're asked to do something off purpose, then it can be a struggle, it can be hard. And if you realize really what your calling or purpose is in life, you can recognize why you're having the emotions or feelings that you have. And I know that's actually the exercise that we did in our Bible study. We had you come in and... Uh uh, we were asked, uh, we actually got, all of us got a deck of cards that we had to go through a bunch of words and try and whittle down the things that, that were important to us so we could figure out uh, a little bit more about what our passion might be and where we wanted to use that passion. So if you look at purpose and passion and generosity, one of the main barriers that is recognized um, for people to be generous is when they don't understand their purpose. Um, so if you are floundering with purpose and passion, you don't have any focus, any intention, and your giving then can sometimes be meaningless. Mm -hmm. So in this workshop, we go through a number of self-assessment exercises on trying to focus in on purpose. And I went through that actually in my own life. I was in a very serious car accident back in 1996 where I um, honestly should not have been here. Mm. And when you go through a life-threatening illness or accident in that fashion, you start to question, why does God have me here? Right, what, what's right. my purpose in life? So that started me on a journey, and I think um, over 10 to 15 years, it has led me to do these workshops that we do because I think purpose is so important. 
Absolutely. Absolutely. One of one of the first things that I was led to um, was the book of Ecclesiastes. And it's a it's a really interesting book to read. It's it was written by King Solomon, who um, people at the time thought that he was the wisest man that lived. And he had everything. He had power, he had riches, everything was given to him, and yet he wasn't happy. Mm-hmm. And he wrote this book and lamented, you know, what what's what's the best way to live and what's the meaning of life? Um, so that's that was just eye-opening to me. Um, I just remember reading it and thinking, why didn't somebody tell me about this sooner? You know, mm-hmm. the, the secret's mm-hmm. right here. And then it's interesting that um, that book has had a really deep influence in Western literature. And um, I had read that it was even quoted by Abraham Lincoln when he was addressing Congress back in 1862. Oh, wonderful. So a fun fact yeah, to know and tell. Absolutely. So when we go through um, in the workshop on how to identify purpose, it's really uh, two steps that we look at. And some of this is self-assessment work. But the first step is what are you called to do? Like what's your vision for your life? And then what is your passion? Who are you called to serve or what cause are you called to serve? And this could be something totally different from what your skills are, what your talents are, right? Or is it something similar? It all feeds into it. Okay. So when, when you can say, let's take a strength finders test and let's find out what my strengths are. Usually you're made um, with giftedness or uniqueness that will then help you easily do what you're called to do or feed into your passion. Um, I am not a chemist. So if I wanted, I, I thought um, at one point I was going to be a food scientist, Mm. I thought, I love to cook. I'm going to be a food scientist. Well, I wasn't gifted with the gift of science, <laughs> you know, the gift of chemistry. So, Me either, actually. <laughs> yeah. So even though I had a passion for cooking, um, I quickly learned that maybe law was a better approach <laughs> for me than to be Betty Crocker, because I thought I was going to be Betty Crocker. <laughs> so it does all feed into it, yes. Um, so a lot of what we do is we look at um, all the different self-assessment tools and try to whittle those down. You know, what are your top values? What are your top skills? What is your giftedness? And whittle it down into, you know, what um, using all that information, what are you here to do? What is your vision for your life? Um, so that that's kind of step number one. And then um, for some people, passion is really easy. Um, it's a natural gift that some people are given that they know from an early age what they're passionate about. Isn't it sometimes helpful, too, to ask other people what they think their your passion is? Because sometimes you can't see it yourself, right? Right. So if you're struggling with what your passion is, there's a number of things that you can do um, that, that, you know, we can talk about. Um, it, you know, it's, it's um, easy to say, just follow your passion. But for some people, it can be frustrating. Mm-hmm. And some people, um, it takes a lifetime to, to have that journey and to figure it out. Some people are given a passion at the beginning of their life if they want to be a doctor or a veterinarian. Um, for, for me, you know, even though I was practicing law, that was a career path. For me, it wasn't really my calling, and I didn't find my passion until much later. So sometimes it just takes a while Um, through experience and through some of the struggles that you've had to get to your passion. Mm -hmm. So if you're, um, you know, if you're seeking to figure out what your passion is, there's some things that you can do, Um, you know, make it, make it a priority and say, you know, I I would like to have a clear sense of what my passion is. So then I can be generous with my time and talent in this area. Um, One of them is look at your perspective so some people will look at a glass that's half full and say, oh, my glass is half empty. I just, I, I can't 
find my passion and I, I don't know where to go because I'm not ready yet or I don't have the giftedness. But if your perspective is, I have been given all this opportunity, all these gifts, I can serve in a number of different capacities. Let's look at what, what is out there and what's available and let's be excited about it. Mm-hmm. I think that that would help. So maybe don't be the Debbie Downer, be the uh, <laughs> the joyful Jill or the lovable Linda or something like that. Choose to see the positive like we were talking about before. And not compare yourself to others. It's mm, like, well, yeah. um, I don't have that gift, so therefore I can't have a passion and I can't do it. Mm-hmm. And um, we women tend to do that a lot, don't we? We, right. have, we? we fall into that trap of comparison and we just need to find out how God has gifted us and how we need to use use our gift. So if you're really seeking to find out what your passion, do some self-assessments, do some volunteer work, shadow, um, get out into the community and practice it. Okay. Wow. There's so much good stuff here, Linda. We benefited tremendously when we had you in at our Bible study, and all the ladies loved it. I know that you have a workshop that talks about joyful generosity. If someone wants more information about that workshop, how would they go about getting that? So this is a workshop that we don't necessarily just advertise and have the community come in and do it. We look for hosts. So you were my host. You said, Mm -hmm. oh, I would love to have you come in and do this. And then you invited your friends to come along. So if um, you would like to be a host for this workshop, it is free. I come in at no charge to do this. And you can call our office at 262-796-9910. It's the National Christian Foundation. You can just let them know that you um, heard the interview and you'd like more information about our Purpose, Passion, and Generosity workshop. Awesome. That's great. Uh, And actually, if anybody's looking to uh, take advantage of that workshop and they're looking for a place to have the workshop, uh, you can certainly talk to me and, and you could look at using the Education Center. So... Thank you so much, Linda, for being my guest. I appreciate all the wonderful information you shared with us today. After the break, we're going to talk about how you might use your passion to help the senior population. And I have a quick question for all you trivia people out there. Who was it that said, anyone who stops learning is old, whether at age 20 or 80? We'll be right back to answer that. Thanks for tuning in. This is EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to the EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach. So before the break, I asked you about a quote. Who was it that said, anyone who stops learning is old, whether at age 20 or 80? That would be, anyone? Henry Ford at the ripe age of 80. Fascinating, isn't it? People often ask me, you do what for who? Now, I know it may be rare for an investment group to invest in reaching out to the community, but it really speaks to the leadership of Ellen Becker and how important they think giving back really is. In my role, I attend seminars, networking events, classes, and I basically meet and talk with people to understand what they do and what their business is. And then I tell them about who we are and about our education center, and I invite them in for a tour. Once they see the center... It gets them thinking about all the different ways they could use it. It really is a great resource that we make available, and it's one of the main ways that we give back to the community. According to our Henry Ford quote, anyone who stops learning is old. 
We agree that continual learning is really important at any age. And that's why education is such an important piece of the EIG philosophy. Because of that, we opened a state-of-the-art education center about six or seven years ago where we host many different educational events. And those could be financial-related seminars and classes, but it can also be many non-financial seminars and classes. We also host special interest groups on a monthly basis, like our Widows Connected group, another group that shares, a re- shares uh, resources for families with special needs, and that's called our Better Than Ordinary group. I'm a world traveler and love to travel, and if you like to travel, we have a travel group called Armchair Travelers. Travel, travel, travel. We also have a Bible study group. And we also make our education center available to the community to use for whatever kind of event they have going on. That could be a seminar, a class, a networking event, even a board meeting. And actually, nonprofits get to use our center for free. A few years ago, we had an educational event called Stop Senior Frauds and Scams. And it was put on by an organization called Interfaith, which is now called ERA's Senior Network. Today, I'm speaking with Heather Stoskoff, who is the development manager at ERA's. Welcome to our show, Heather. Thank you so much, Jill, for having us here and and having us on your first episode of Community Connection. Absolutely. Now, we all understand that the aging population needs many things, including education, as Henry Ford pointed out. But I would like to think that most important, what the senior population would want is love and care, to know that I see you and you matter and I want to help you in some way. Absolutely. Our mission is all about ensuring that our seniors lead meaningful lives. Some people need support to give their life meaning, um, and others are looking for ways to give back, and we can help them find meaningful volunteer opportunities. So no matter what era a senior is in, they are important and they matter to us. And it's important that they know that they matter to us, right? Right, exactly. I lost my dad. Uh, He passed away when I was 21, and he was only 53. It was a very difficult time for me. There was a a void that just couldn't be filled for quite some time. I remember my boss at that time said, I've never lost a parent, but you need to move on. And all I heard was, I never lost a parent. And I thought, how can you possibly walk in my shoes if you've never experienced that? It was a difficult time, as I said. Um, It was a void that I really didn't know how to fill. But I eventually was able to work through it. Um, But I went to a nursing home on the east side of Milwaukee that was close to my home, and I met with the director, and I asked her, is there anyone here that she could connect me with, someone that had no family or no friends that came to, to visit them? I wanted to connect with someone who was smart and funny, outgoing, compassionate, someone like my dad. But uh, God had a different plan. Um, The director connected me with a man in his 80s. I still remember his name, and that was well over 25 years ago. Um, He was never married. Uh, He had no children, and the only relative was a niece in Chicago that he never saw. And we developed a friendship. It started slowly, um, but this gentleman was uh, shy. He was quiet. He was introverted. Uh, And it was a little difficult to get that relationship started at first, but eventually it did. I would bring him a newspaper or books that he liked to read. I would bring him a a birthday cake on his birthday, and we would celebrate with the other residents. We would just spend time together, and he would tell me about himself. It was really a nice friendship that lasted for years. Now, I didn't have any money. I was in my mid-20s, for pity's sake. I I didn't make a lot of money at that time, but I, I did have time. 
And I think that time spent with each other was a blessing, not only to him, but certainly to me. Um, you know, that's something that I can really relate to. When I was in my mid-20s, I was um, <clears throat> down in Nashville, and the thing that I had to give was time. I was I was doing something. I was pursuing my music as a singer-songwriter, and um, my sister had told me about a nonprofit down there that would bring music to the bedsides of patients. And... Um, I got involved with that and noticed that a lot of people were claiming the opportunities to sing for the children in the children's hospitals, and a lot of the elderly floors or the VAs were uh, going without musicians in that week. And and you know I know that people were really looking forward to having folks come, so I started volunteering for um, for the elderly wings and really enjoyed my time talking to seniors, hearing some of their amazing stories. Um, you know, one senior talked about meeting Elvis um, when he was, uh, I don't know, a, a lot younger, of course, but it, it was really cool to hear their stories. Um, they reminded me a lot of my grandma, who had also played such an important role in my life. Um, so after four years of being down there, I didn't make it in the music business, but what I reflected on was that my time volunteering really gave me purpose, and, and it made me proud to do that. Well, you do have a very pretty speaking voice, <laughs> I will say. Well, thank you. <laughs> um, so then I finally decided to move home and be closer to my family and um, spend the last six months of my grandma's life with her, which was fortunate that I decided to come home at that time. Um <clears throat> And I happened to stumble upon Eras and and get a job with them. That was something I had been reflecting on, and I thought, if I come back home, I would like to work at a nonprofit and and give back and help others give back as well. Um, And the mission at Eras really reminds me of my grandma in the different eras of her life. She was a huge volunteer um, throughout her life. She was with one nonprofit for over 20 years, um, and she would always tell me how much purpose it gives her. And so um, at, our, at, at ERAs, we can help people find meaningful volunteer opportunities to give them purpose and stay engaged. And then towards the end of my grandma's life, she needed more support, and she needed more rides to the doctor. And thankfully, she had family in town, so we could take her when she needed to go, um, but there's a lot of people out there who don't have family and they can't afford a cab ride. So ERAs can help them by uh, matching them with a volunteer to get them where they need to go. Um, so it was just kind of neat that I stumbled upon this nonprofit because it really was um, intertwining the experiences I had in Nashville and the passion I had for my grandma and the life that she lived. And it sounds like a lot of people, I talk to a lot of people who say, uh, either a grandparent or a parent really had a large impact on their life. And it's really, it's unfortunate that the younger generation doesn't take advantage of spending time with the older population just just to learn and to learn what their life was about. And that actually may be a way that they could figure out what their own passion is. Absolutely. Um, you know, I know, I know the senior population can get overlooked and forgotten, um, but I'm just glad that we're able to help them, and um, I'm hoping that someday uh, the senior population won't be known as overlooked or forgotten. Absolutely, yeah. I uh, uh, I'm, I can obviously see that that you've defined your passion, as Linda talked about before, and ways that you can can use that passion. So we're going to talk more about that in our next segment, but. I have a quick question, another piece of trivia for those of you who are who, who like trivia. 
Who was it that said, I have no special talents, I am only passionately curious? We'll find out in a moment. You're listening to EIG Community Connection with your host, Jill Economo, on News Talk 1130 WISN. Welcome back to the EIG Community Connection. I'm Jill Economo, Director of Community Outreach for Ellen Becker Investment Group, and I'm chatting with Heather Stoskoff from the ERA's Senior Network. Now, if you had a chance to listen to one of the shows I did on Money Sense last quarter, I referenced the same quote. Little did you all know that there would be a trivia game attached to this radio show. But the quote was, I have no special talents. I am only passionately curious. Any idea who said that? It was Albert Einstein. And that was a great quote. But sorry, Al, I would reword that to say we all have many talents. So let's be passionately curious about the best way to use them. So now we all understand that passion is key to being successful at whatever it is we want to be successful at, including volunteering. So what next? How can volunteers use their special gifts at ERAs? We have many volunteer opportunities available for volunteers of all ages. Um, If you're a senior, you can take part in the Retired and Senior Volunteer Program, which we call RSVP. We place um, folks 55 and older into volunteer opportunities throughout Waukesha County. Um, We have partnerships with 22 area schools where our senior volunteers can serve as reading and math tutors, reading buddies um, during the Reader's Cafe program, um, pen pals from home, um, and other opportunities in the schools. And then we also have opportunities at the ERA's office where they can volunteer as a receptionist or helping with data entry and other clerical tasks. And then we partner with over 20 nonprofits in Waukesha County that our volunteers can serve in as well. Wow, there's a lot of things, a lot of different opportunities there. Mm -hmm, So you're saying that if someone lives in a different county, for example, they uh, could call you and you would be able to connect them with uh, somebody that could help them in a different county. Absolutely. County. Yeah, we've we've definitely had people that will call us and they'll be outside of Waukesha County. And if they're looking for services, we can certainly refer them to another agency that provides similar services in a different county. That, that's great to know. Um, my mom is actually a uh, stage three ovarian cancer survivor. Um, no chemo, all holistic, which wow. we're super, super excited to talk about. But um, we, she does, my siblings and I help out whenever we can, certainly. But we can't be there every time. Mm-hmm. And she needs help uh, when we can't fill that gap. And so to know that she could call ERA's Senior Network and ERA's would be able to connect her to someone or some organization that could help her, that's that's what you're saying? Yes, and, and there is um, the Interfaith in Action statewide network of several agencies throughout the entire state of Wisconsin that provide um, similar services. Very great. That, that That's awesome. Thank that's you. a good thing to share. Um, so you also have another program called the AmeriCorps Encore program. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, this is a new program to ERAs, so we're really excited to um, to be starting it. We are starting it in September, but um, beginning our recruitment process now. Basically, this is a program that's designed for seniors to provide community st- service on a structured schedule, um, and that would include receiving a living stipend. 
Um, so like I said, we're recruiting right now um, for these Encore members. And basically, if you're an Encore member, you would serve 300 to 600 hours a year, helping mostly with our school programs, like coordinating one of the Reader's Cafe programs that I was just mentioning. Um, so that means you could serve a minimum of nine hours a week um, and would receive a living stipend. And then at the end of the, the service term, um, just like other AmeriCorps programs, you would also receive a um, education award, which you could use for continuing education or you could gift to like a grandchild to use for college education. Oh, that's a great idea. Yeah. That's so awesome. it's a really cool, cool way to, to provide community service and receive some perks as well. Absolutely. Um, we're going to be having two informational sessions about the AmeriCorps Encore program um, on February 21st in Menominee Falls and February 22nd in Waukesha. And you can find details about that on our website, which is www.eraswaukesha.org. So if you are a board retiree, Karen also t always talks about the fact that she's uh, she's bored being a retiree and mm -hmm. she wants to uh, keep active and continue to uh, work with her clients and just do the things she loves to do. So if you are a retiree and you want to work part time, this can be an option for you. Oh, yeah. I think it sounds really neat. And I'm really looking forward to meeting some people um, to, to hear their thoughts on it and, and to share more about it. Well, it sounds like there's certainly a lot of great opportunities at ERA. Something for everybody, it sounds like. Mm -hmm. Being, uh, you had mentioned that you were with the organization for about three years now. Uh, I'm sure you've learned a lot about and from the senior population, as, as I have. What do you think are some of your greatest challenges at ERA's? Right now, uh, greatest challenges would still be our lack in volunteer drivers and then, um, funding for our programs. So the lack in drivers, we've had an increased request for rides. And um, each week, about 10 to 14 ride requests are going unmatched. And those are really hard calls to make, to tell them that we can't get you to the doctor. You're going to have to reschedule. And some of those appointments can be really hard to reschedule. Or we're going to have to figure out something else out, um, change your change the time that you were going to go to the doctor, or uh, the grocery store. Um, so we definitely need more drivers. Um, we also know that the senior population is predicted to double in Waukesha County by year 2050. So that's going to mean that there's going to be lots more or lots more seniors out there in needs of rides. Um, and then we also have a decline in funding. That's something that, um, that we've been noticing for a while. Some people are um, citing that they're their charitable funds are, are limited now, and, and we're just starting to notice a drop. So we're hoping that we can just keep spreading the word about our agency um, to try to find some more partnership to support um, these great programs that we provide. So again, we, we talked about the different ways that people can help and some of the challenges that you uh, are experiencing as an organization. And providing rides is, is something that you talked about as being, being a big challenge. Um, you had shared with me previously that you received funding from some sources out there for a shared van. Yeah, you want to talk about that? Yes. So that is a new um, a new addition to Arrow's Senior Network. It's going to be here um, probably in the fall. But we did receive funding to purchase a van. And our idea with this is that um, folks that want to drive but either don't have their own car or can't use their own car can drive this van. 
and we're going to try to share rides. So we could pick up a couple seniors who maybe live at the same senior living community and take them to the pharmacy at the same time or take them to the grocery store at the same time. Um, You know, so hopefully we can make sure that those 10 to 14 seniors each week who aren't receiving rides can, can get where they need to go. Very good. Very good. Now, don't you also have something, um, a program like Snow Angels or something that, you know, if there's hopefully some of you young kids that might be listening will will uh, think to take some time out to go help a senior in some way. Uh, and you could be helping somebody by shoveling their driveway or plowing their driveway, right? Yep. Yep. So uh, we have volunteers that are matched with a senior or an adult with a disability for the entire winter season. And every time there's a snowfall, then they will go out and shovel that driveway and walkway. Um, number one, it's making sure that that person living there doesn't slip or fall, but also that they can receive their home-delivered meal because um, those meal delivery services can't deliver if there's snow or ice in the driveway. And... There is a volunteer that we've had volunteering for seven years. He shovels five driveways at a time. They're all in the same neighborhood, and he's 72 years old. Wow. wow. So it's super inspiring, and sometimes when I think, oh, I don't want to get out and shovel my driveway, I think about Dave, and uh, you know, he's, he's got some years on me, and he's out there helping five people every season, every snowfall. <laughs> yeah, I think each of us can find some time in our schedule and we all talk about being so busy and, and that may be very true, but, uh, I think we can each find uh, some time in our week to, to give in some way. I mean, we've been talking a lot throughout the whole show about time and talent and resources, and there's so many different ways that people can reach out in any of those areas. Um, and certainly many different ways that they, they can uh, be a volunteer, uh, be helped and help somebody at the ERA's Senior Network. So thank you so much, Heather, for being our guest here today. Uh, before we go, can you just repeat contact information if somebody wants to get involved, uh, either needs your services or would like to provide some type of volunteering service? Can you just tell us how they would do that? Definitely. So if you'd like to um, receive services, you can call our main number and we'll get you started in that process. The main number is 262-549-3348. And then if you want to become a volunteer or partner in another way, you can find out more information about ERA's uh, Senior Network at www.eraswaukesha.org. Thank you. Again, I want to thank my guests today, Linda Maris from the National Christian Foundation and Heather Stoskopf from ERA's Senior Network. We hope that you found today's show helpful and informative. And if you'd like further information about either of the organizations we talked to today or you'd like to contact me regarding our education center, please email me at jill at ellenbecker.com or call our office at 262-691-3200. And also the show is going to be airing every other week. And if you would like to Uh, tell somebody about it and they can't actually hear it on the radio, Uh, it's nice to know that uh, these shows are going to be going to our website at ellenbecker.com and you can go and listen to them as a podcast. So you may miss the live airing, but you can certainly go back and re-listen to a show or listen to a show for the first time. So thank you again for being here. Um, Let's all try and remember that if, if we strive to have an impact on someone's life in some way, that we ourselves will be impacted in some way, and perhaps even more than we ever thought possible. So join us again in two weeks as 
other inspiring guests share information on how you can make a difference in the life of someone else. Until then, remember, give a blessing and be a blessing. Have an awesome day.